permission to speak, uh, to, to allow people to speak into my life because my identity actually is built in Christ and not the person that's bringing whatever they want to bring. And fear will keep me outside of that reality. Fear will keep me outside of walking with others because if I walk with others and I'm real about that and honest with that, then they're actually going to discover what's really in my heart maybe or what's not in my heart. And I don't really know if I want people discovering that because, you know, I'm good at ticking boxes and I'm good at turning up. And if they really start to see some of the things that maybe I struggle with or the lack of God that I really know or all those things, then... So no, I'll just keep outside of it and I'll, I'll hide under a bush somewhere and I'll put my head in the sand and I'll just keep going through what I'm going, but nothing's ever changing and I'm, I'm not uh, growing in him and I don't, don't know anymore, but you know, it's better than exposing myself and being vulnerable in front of others. That is not where the Father wants you and I, is it? That is just not. And there is nothing to fear in him. Nothing at all. And I get the fact that you may have once maybe exposed yourself and maybe you did get hurt. Maybe the people you exposed your reality to didn't have the wisdom, didn't have the love, didn't have the grace, and so they actually slapped you up inside the head. So you said, you know what? I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to place myself in that environment again. Because I got hurt. And I get that. But that is limiting you. That's actually the fear of man having a hold of you instead of having faith in him. And that limits you. And it limits what God wants to do in you and through you. And it keeps you little. And the God in you is little. And so we never actually come into a reality that actually exists in the Spirit. Because fear binds us instead of faith releasing us. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. I said, I'm determined to not let man keep me small. I'm determined to give my whole life into his hands. So even if that happens, do you know what? It doesn't hurt me. And it doesn't affect me because my identity is not in what that person thinks of me. It's in him. So I don't really care what others think in that aspect. And I'm not going to allow that to affect my own growth. Because why would I give that person authority to keep me small? Because that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm empowering Simon to actually keep me small by his words. I'm not going to stand in front of Simon and be judged. I'm going to stand in front of a loving, holy, righteous God. And why would I stand before him on that day? And he says, why did you keep, why did you let man keep you small? When the only one that really mattered was me. It's what I think of you that matters, not what anyone else thinks. It's what I say you are, not what anyone else says. Why are you empowering other people from your own promised land? From your own destiny in me? which is found in him and no other person. Why are you limiting yourself by empowering others to keep you little? But God, I was in fear because they said this or this or this issue I had. I had to keep it locked down because I did it once before and I got slammed. 
And this is the very reason why love has to be at the forefront of all of our hearts. This is the reason why love has to be, God in us has to be the reality. Because love covers a multitude of mess-ups. If I have him in me, I will have love for his mess-ups. And if he's in Christ is in Simon, he will have love for my mess-ups. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sin. If I don't have love, Christ in me, because he is love, then what happens is I try and love in my human love and people get affected. Because I'm not capable of loving you and you're not capable of loving me in your human love. Because it's conditional. But the more I have of him, why do you think John said he must increase and I must decrease? This is beautiful natural thing. The more I have of him, the less of me. I don't go on a pursuit of trying to kill myself. I just go on a pursuit of him. Pursue love. Desire everything else. We spend too much time desiring, pursuing the gifts and not desiring the giver. You want love, pursue the lover. I love what Jeremy said before about the bride. Reminded me of that advert. Have you seen the Mrs. Fellas? <laughs> oh, she's hot. I'm not saying that, you know, we're to be hot. I love that ad, but so fear and faith. And I'm, as I said, I'm going to take a slightly different approach because most of the time we talk about fear and faith or overcoming fear, we talk about it in the terms of fearing man. We talk about it in fearing the enemy. We talk about it in fearing the unknown. We talk about it in fearing an obstacle that we have to face. Maybe it's sickness. Uh, we talk about the fear of change. It's like, man, we actually don't fear change. We fear the loss that's associated with change. But the Bible says, if I lose, I gain. So I want to slightly twist this and I want to talk about what about fearing God? What about having an unhealthy fear of God Himself and His reality and his truth, which is him. Because his truth, he is the truth. So because of our thinking and because of our messed up thinking and some of maybe our heart positions and postures, we can find ourselves actually having an unhealthy fear of him that's not real. It's false evidence appearing real, but it's not real. And so open your Bibles to Genesis 3, 8 to 11, because this is where I want to base most of this, uh, this teaching out of this morning. Because what I find fascinating about Genesis 3 is that it's God that comes to Adam in the garden. You know, maybe we could understand it if it was the enemy coming to Adam. Maybe if it was some ferocious animal, I don't know, a cyber-toothed tiger or something like that, or a four-headed monster coming to Adam and, whoa! Or maybe it was Goliath. It's Goliath in the garden that comes, so Adam runs away. And the Bible says, I heard you coming, and so I hid. But no, it's God. Anyone else find this a bit weird? That... Only a few seconds before this, the guy's hanging out in the garden. Him and his 
uh, Eve, his wife, they're, they're hanging out, they're communing, they're dialoguing. I reckon God's sharing with them his purposes. He's sharing them the future. He's sharing them what he's going to do. And all of a sudden now, it's the same God. He hasn't changed. He comes and Adam's running away. I find that really peculiar. Something has shifted. Fear has entered into a reality and all things have changed. And now his language is different. His thinking is different. His approach to God is different. How he sees God, how he hears God, I heard you coming, is different. And his life, his action, is very different to what it was. And I want to unpack that because I think it's really, really important that we don't actually run away from the Father. And we can. Not necessarily forever, But actually, truth, in as much as it's supposed to attract you to him, can repel you away from him if your heart's not in a posture of humility and faith. Because the very fear element, which is not of him, God does not give a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So he doesn't give you that, it's what's in you. And because he might come with a reality that you're not necessarily in, that very reality can freak you out so much because what it does, it may be going to expose a reality that you may not want to face, but he wants you to face it so he can bring you into a greater reality of freedom. Because his heart, he's a beautiful father. He has the very best for you and I. Everything he does... Absolutely everything he allows and does is for our benefit. Nothing he does is to harm you. Nothing. Everything he does is to edify and to lift you up and me up and to bring us into a reality that exists in the Spirit in him. And if we can settle that and know it in our heart and our mind by faith, Every time the Father comes, either through himself or a person or a message, and you're confronted or convicted with that, what we're supposed to do is go, thank you, Lord, for revealing my posture that I'm in. What you just heard then between um, these two guys, what you just heard, Jeremy saying, show me where I'm not. Speak to me, because I don't know about you guys, but we can't see ourselves, can we? We never think it's us. It's always, it's them. They're the problem. If only they weren't in my life. Can you take them away? And God says, the problem is you. Yeah, they may be an issue, and sure, but actually, you know what? It's you as well. No one is void of what he's doing. He tests and looks to see our response in every situation we go through. But fear sits right there. And the enemy sits right there. And yourself sits right there, believe it or not. And faith in God sits here. And will we choose faith when he comes? Or will we actually be like Adam and choose fear? And find ourselves cowling up in the corner When God's coming down like this, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? As if God didn't know. 
Where are you, son? He hears that like this. Where are you? Where are you? You've stuffed up. You've sinned. And I'm coming for you. The father says it like this. Adam, where are you? Where are you? My heart's breaking. I know something shifted in our relationship. Where are you, son? How you hear is so important because you can hear a message of love like a brick flying across the room. And you leave thinking you've heard a brick flying across the room when actually it was the most beautiful message wrapped in love for you, but because you weren't in a position to hear it, you heard it through carnal. You heard it through your flesh. And you walk away. You're repelled from that, and you're supposed to walk into it. It's for you. The Israelites never entered into the promised land. Why? Because of unbelief. That breaks his heart. There is so much in the Spirit that is available in Him if we will let go and step into by faith. Paul, my Galatians thoughts, the life I live in this body, I live it in faith in the Son of God. Like muscles, they need to be exercised to grow. Faith needs to be exercised. We just want it to happen like that. Oh, just drop it into me. God says, you're going to have to step out. And when I come to you in different forms through myself, the Spirit, my Word, through people, because I've empowered people to bring this reality, how are we going to respond? And if we will respond by faith, because a loving parent that he is, has our very best. How many people are parents here? How many people want to be a parent? Now, we're all, in one aspect, parents in the spiritual, aren't we? Because God's building a spirit family. But would you actually do anything to harm your children? Would you actually, with an intent of motive, do something to harm them? No. Everything I do for my two beautiful girls is to grow them. It's to nurture them. It's to encourage them. It's to provoke something in them. I have their best interests at heart, their best interest, not mine, their sometimes empowering children is the most scariest thing, isn't it? I mean, we were at the gala yesterday at Plymouth Gala, and my two go, Dad, we want to go on that tower up there, that ride. I'm not kidding you, it was taller than the ceiling, and it's straight down like this. My little lily, oh, look at that. It was not in my best interest to let them go up. Tell me. You'll know I'm feeling sick all around this region here. It's like, oh, what if they fall off the side? And you're like, come on, Dad, can we go? Can we go? Can we go? Fear's gripping hold of me, and I've gotten faith in this seven-year-old and this four-year-old. It'd be awesome. And so I'm there going. I can feel yucky sickling going on. Liz Lily crawling up the thing, you know, Maddie behind her, and... I mean, I'm looking, they're in heaven. And there's Lily looking up at me, and me and Rodney are there, he's got the camera, and Lily comes flying down the chute, and just as she hits, she boosh, over she flips, head over heel, boom, 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 boom. It was awesome! <laughs> and sure enough, Maddie comes flying down later, and like, woohoo! Can we go again? I thought, oh, thank God I only had one token. 
<sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Let's go on the little ride, the little bouncy ride here. You know, it's better for Dad's heart and uh, his stomach if we stay here. <sighs> God has our best interests at heart. You know the rush that they felt from going on that. Look what they conquered. Hear what I'm saying. Look at the challenges that God has. And God has our best interests at heart. And he will come to us. And he wants to shine a light on areas that we are withholding from him. He wants to shine a light and bring his love and his reality into areas of our minds and our hearts that will set us free. But if we restrict, if we actually stop, because you can block that. God, I only find really probably one story, maybe two, correct me, but you know where God will actually supersede someone's will. Paul is the example. He just goes, you're mine. Now's the time. Bang. But most of the time, 99% of the time, God will not supersede your will. You have to allow him in. You have to say, Lord, I'm prepared for you to change me. I'm prepared to be vulnerable in front of you and possibly and more likely others and bring what's in here out into the light. So it can be dealt with once and for all and God can bring us into a reality that exists. But if we resist, if we resist that because of fear and the unknown and maybe past hurts, you stay in the same place. You can stay in the same place your whole life. That is the most heart-wrenching, breaking reality I believe that God experiences every day. I was talking to this guy last night and he said, I gave Christianity a go. I was 16 and people were dying. He said, I know he's real, but I couldn't quite get my head around why people were dying and I, I ended up giving them the finger and walking away. But there's something there. And I said, you know what? I said, God's hand is always like this. I said, look at everyone at this party tonight. God's hand is like this. And he has brought me here and you here. And there is no accident. And we're having a conversation on a deck with a beer, with some food. There are no accidents. And I said, his hand, he's brought me here to reach out in the physical, his hand to you. It's just whether you will choose. I said, look at everyone else. They're not even looking anywhere near we are. They're consumed with their party. They're consumed with doing all these things. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But their eyes aren't looking. Yours are. And his hand is never too short to reach out today and change your reality. But your choices will determine everything. And our choices will determine the intimacy we experience. Our choices will determine whether we will have more or less. Our choices, not his, our choices. His love has never been in question. Mine has and still is. His never is. He is the most loving person I've ever met. And I said this to this man. I said, he is. his love outstrips the love I have for Danielle. His love outstrips the love I have for my children. There is nothing that compares to knowing Jesus Christ. Nothing. No human being can even compare to the love of the Father. None. No one even gets anywhere near it. It's impossible for them to... I mean, that's just human love. It's conditional. Someone can love me with the love of the Father. I can love Danielle with the love of the Father and she can love me. But her human love is, is, is void of Him. And I said, mate, you're just, you're a one decision away, but it's a big decision. 
And this is the reality we all face. It's one simple decision. It's a big decision. And that's where the wrestle is. And that's where the fear grips. And that's where fear comes in and wants to shrink and come around us and bind us and keep us tiny. And God says, will you express faith in this moment? Right here in the pressure cooker, will you experience, will you release faith and choose me? Because I am good. I have your best interest at heart. This thing is killing you. It is killing you. And somehow we think it's giving us life. Our pride will kill us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, not the prideful. Blessed are those who are meek. Theirs is the kingdom. But this pride, this haughty spirit, this arrogance, this thinking you know it all, this thinking you even know me or have come to the fullness in those arrogance. We haven't even scratched the surface of knowing him because if we did, our lives would be radically different. He wants to put himself in us to such a measure. God's been speaking to me massively while I've been away about love. I don't think we've even come close to knowing the love of the Father in us. A baptism of the Spirit is a baptism of the Father. It's a baptism of love because He is love. That's why we must pursue Him the more He is in us. I mean the reality, not just I prayed a prayer, Greg, one day and bang. I mean the reality of Christ. The love. He is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's Him. We look through this lens of decompartmentalizing everything. I need this, 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 and this in Him. Gee, what a list. I'm just tired even thinking about it. Let me simplify it for you, my people. Shum, me. You get me, you get all those things. Stop chasing all the things and seek me. And he comes to Adam and he says, here I am in a greater measure. And Adam goes, I'm out of here, Jack. Because he's found naked. What state are you in today? He comes and he says, we say this, God, where are you? He says, where are you? He's never been lost. According to my record, he didn't go on a holiday and come back. He says, where are you? Adam. Once again, as if Adam was hiding, God knows where you are. He knows exactly where you are today. He knows the love you have, the love you don't have. He knows the faith you have, the unbelief you have. You know what? In all our good and all our bad, He loves you just the way you are. So accept it today. Maybe for the first time, come into grace for the first time in your life and by faith receive what is already done. And stop beating yourself up. Stop talking this language like, I was afraid, I was this, I was that. And change your language because you're in the Word of God and the Word of God says this. And then release faith and enter into, sorry, fear, enter into faith and come into the very thing that's on offer. See, we limit ourselves. I remember 18 months ago, 
sharing this word with the elders, and I said, we and our community are all going to be exposed, our hearts are going to be exposed for what's in them and our minds as we enter into this reality. That's what I believe the Father said to me. In my own journey, he said, your heart and your mind will be exposed for what's truly there. And so I shared that with the elders, meaning the elders and this community. If you're making this community your home, then your heart and your mind as we journey on this, as truth is expelled, will, you'll be exposed for what's actually there. And it's a good thing. Would you want to live your whole life thinking you might have been in a reality and you're not? And if someone came to you and said, you know what, I've seen something else, would you want to enter into that? That's a question. You would, wouldn't you? If you had the opportunity to play for Liverpool or Liverpool Reserves, would you rather play on a Wednesday at night at some park out the back of London somewhere? <laughs> or in the Holy Land of Liverpool? Or would you rather play in the first team on a Saturday night? And yet the offer was always there to play in the first team, but you never took it up because you never knew it was there, but it was there the whole time. And see, God comes and exposes us because he loves us. He comes and exposes us and shows us where we are and where we're maybe we're not. He comes and brings light on areas that we're not giving worship to him at. I love what Mike said when we were away in Cambodia last trip. And he said, what are the areas of our lives that we are holding back worship from him? Think about that. What areas of your life are you holding back your praise and your worship from him and you're trying to control? And yet it's killing you. And I said this, is that every heart and mind will be exposed. It will be in front of him and those who choose to enter into will and those who choose to walk away will. No one's journey is ever finished. It never is. But there's also a reality of the Israelites never entered into the promised land. And so your own choices, because of fear, can keep you outside of a reality because transformation is here. It's not external. It's here. Everything is to flow from here out. My, my spirit-led works last night at that party were not just because I want to do it, have to do it. That comes from an internal place. My wanting to have conversation comes because I love him. Not because I have to. Not because I'm supposed to. Not because that's what Christians do. It's because of an internal reality that just can't help itself and it has to leak out. And so he's going to expose us all more and more for what we are in that's of him and what we're not in which we think is him but it's actually our image of him and there's no life. And the question, the challenge is, can we actually allow that process to happen? Will we give him and maybe others permission to actually speak life into us, take it to him, like Mike said, and get the spirit on it and the wisdom, and then actually go, you know what? That's right. 
And today, I submit that part of me. And I release it. And I repent of it. And Father, today I come into and I ask you to come in. You know what? The word says he is faithful to do that work if he sees that heart. And all of a sudden, maybe then and in the moment, over time, you and I are walking in a greater reality of the Christ in us, which the Bible says is peace, joy, righteousness in the Holy Spirit, and a world can see it and the church can see it. That's what he meant when he said, I'll build my church. He didn't mean I'll build buildings with all this fancy stuff. He said, I'll build people that look like me. I'll build people that reflect me. Where is the Holy Spirit? In us. Who is the Holy Spirit? God. They're all three, one, same thing. Who is love? God. Love is God, God is love. I come to make my room in you so you can manifest me to the world. The reality of me. Not just a prayer you prayed, the reality of me. And so there's a work that needs to be done of the Spirit. But as I've said, when he comes to do that work, everything is exposed. And Adam is found. He's found out. He says, I'm naked. I was afraid because I'm naked. When you came, my posture, my state was exposed. I'm naked. What happens when you're physically naked? What do you want to do? If you're getting changed and you open the window and you look, the neighbors across the road is looking at you and you're naked, what do you do? Whoa! Whoa! Do you know we do that spiritually? When God comes and we're found spiritually naked, do you know what we do? We want to cover up. Anyone else? Your reality, the spotlights, I imagine that. It's like that guy in the And the boat goes past and he's, and all his glory is being exposed. We cover up. We do that in the spirit. Why? Because we want to protect self. We want to preserve self. We are wired to preserve self. It's called self-preservation. And God says, I need to take that part of yourself and give you more of me. I want to increase so you can actually decrease. But we reject, we resist, and that reality is we repelled out of his presence. And I almost see a Monty Python skit in Genesis where, at, where Adam's actually running away and God is running after him going, where are you going? Come back. And he's like, oh, it's still you. And he's like, come back. I'm like, no, it's still you. And God's like going, I'm the same God just five seconds ago in the garden. Why is fear entered into this atmosphere? Well, actually, I do know why. And I still come past it. I still come past your sin. I still come past It's never been about sin. We've made it about sin. It's about relationship and faith. We've butchered it up. We've made something that's not supposed to be about about it and the thing that's supposed to be about, we've limited it. I died for it all, so why are you running away when I have the very best for you? But fear will keep you in that place. Who loves the prophetic? You really do? Do you really love the prophetic? What happens when... The prophetic word is spoken, comes knocking on your door. So, 
we've had a number of prophetic messages over this community. And at the time, everyone gave it their yes and amen. And then that prophetic word that was spoken comes knocking. You see, it's fine when the prophetic word is for someone else. I remember when I announced that I was being dismantled. And a lot of people went, Yoo-hoo, that's right, you need to be. Yeah, get him, nail him. And then I said, and guess what? He's starting with me because he has to start somewhere and then he's going to come here. And everyone went, yeah, woohoo, that's right. Then it started to happen. And then everyone wasn't going, yeah, woohoo, but oh no. Hell no. No, and I didn't think you actually meant me. I thought you meant the guy beside me or the girl in front of me. You meant me. Uh-huh. He's no respecter of anyone. Why? Because he has the very best for everyone. It has to start somewhere. But we love the prophetic until it turns up on our door and he calls what you spoke out into being. He calls it out. He says, right, you said this? I said this to God six years ago. I said, I'm never playing religion. I'm never playing Christianity. The day I have to do that is the day I walk away from the rock because it's a stench. I hate it. It's the most vile thing in your mouth and I can see it everywhere and I'm not doing it. So I'm walking the day that happens. He goes, I heard that. You see, what you speak out, you better be careful. He has ears, he has all his ears everywhere. He says, oh, I'll call you on that. Really? That's right, yeah, when you're in your prayer closet and you're giving it all that and it's all good and you're fasting. You, come on, yeah, I'm feeling strong in the Lord, brother. I'm feeling strong, hallelujah, I'm feeling strong in the Lord. He goes, great, let's call that one out. Three months later, a year later on, you know when you whispered that thing in the quiet, I heard it. And now I'm calling it. Ooh, I didn't mean it. That's when Hillsong was playing and it was awesome. Woo, got caught up in it. He goes, yeah, that's amazing, but I heard it. And now the day comes a knocking. And I stand in front of you and I say, do you really want it? And it's a beautiful invitation. It really is. It's the most amazing invitation anyone can receive. Because remember, he is this loving, perfect, holy father who has the very best for his children. But he knows the state of his children, like I know the state of my kids. And so he asks, and he waits, and he waits. I know in my life, he waited a long time before he got a yes initially. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, the Bible says. And fear, guys, is just waiting to cripple you. But faith in him is waiting to release you from a bondage you may not even know you're in. So we've got to remember where we've come from and we have to remember the new spirit living in us. We have to remember that that is not a work that is complete yet. That is being outworked by faith through his spirit, through his word. And we are working out our salvation. But fear waits and it's ready to pounce. Fear is rooted and anchored in unbelief. Faith is rooted and anchored in belief. Remember the man that said, Lord, help me with my 
I believe, but help me with my... Isn't that a contradiction? I believe, but help me with my unbelief. We have believed and come to know. Two different postures. I've believed you are, but we've come to know you are the Son of God. Why? Where are you going, Peter? Are you going to go too? It's getting a bit hot in the, ki- in the kitchen. Everyone's leaving now. Where are you going, Peter? Yeah, well, we're a little bit in a bind here because we know we've come to be- not only believe, but know you are the Son of God. So there's nowhere I can go. So I may as well submit and let you do the work. Yeah? He knew. So he was in the most amazing position. He knew there ain't no other options. There's no other options. I can't go to the to pack and save. I can't dial it up on my iPad. I can't dial up options. Google. Um, how to sort of follow but not follow. Oh, look at that. They've even got an app for that. Choice. See, God, he's so loving. He gives us pictures because we're all the same. We're no different to the Israelites. We think we live in the New Testament and we're different. We're not. It's the same story. It goes round and round and round and round. We go to, we walk away. We go to, we walk away. You can make a song about that, LJ. We go to, we walk away. We go to, we walk away. And his love is constant. He's the only one that stays the same. And God gives you Peter and John and James and all these other men and women to show us a reality. You see, what happens to Peter when Jesus comes and he says, you know what, it's time for me to go and I'm going to die now. Fear grips hold of Peter, doesn't it? Who can tell me what Peter's response is? What does he say? Yeah. Surely you're not going to die. And he starts rebuking the Lord. Why? Because fear has just started to take hold of his reality. He's thinking, if you go, what's in it for me? I had, I had some plans. We were going to rule this nation. We were going to seriously kick some Roman butt. Oh, that might be in the future, but it's not now. Oh, that's right, because you came as a servant, not as a king. See, his reality is starting to shift. What he thought was going to happen is not going to happen. You're going to die? No, you're not. You've come to rescue us. No, I haven't. I've come to die for the world. And tomorrow it's going to happen. And faith is not expressed. Fear is. But it's the same God that was, that is, and that is to come. What's the difference? A reality came to Peter that he wasn't in. A reality comes to you and I that we're not in. So how do we respond? Are we repelled away from? Because what you're really doing, guys, I'm going to be honest with you, you're being repelled from God himself. You may think it's a person, you may think it's just whoever, but you're actually walking away from him. Now his arm, I'm not saying you're not saved, hear me, okay, you're still saved, you're still a son, you're just walking away from a reality he has for you. You may turn in 10 years, 5 years, 5 minutes, 2 weeks, maybe never, and ask the question. I don't know, he does, I don't, you won't, 
I remember getting back to being exposed when he's in this form. Is I remember um, diving, going dive, you know, for diving pool in a diving pool only Carla as a kid, about fifteen, <laughs> very vulnerable time. Fifteen, you know, you you well, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. You're coming into that puberty and all that sort of stuff, and you're trying to look macho in front of the guys and the girls and all that sort of carry on. And I remember having my togs on. I went up to the third meter. You know, it's like, boom, chest out, you know, boom, out you go. Hit the water, beautiful dive. Only problem is the shorts go the other way. (laughs) Woo, a little bit exposed right about now. Thank you, this is 12 meters down. But the only problem is your shorts are at the top and you're at the bottom. (laughs) Boom. Um, sort of hugging the side of the the the, uh, the pool. Uh, uh, can someone sort of get my togs? You know, you know, who's your mates? Nah, <laughs> get them yourself. <laughs> and we want to wanted to cover up like nobody's business. And I want to encourage you this morning. And I didn't even really get to read the scripture, but I did read the scripture. There is no condemnation in Jesus. None. There is conviction. You have to be very careful that you don't hear condemnation when it's conviction. Because Adam's hearing condemnation. I heard you in the garden. Faith comes by hearing. Death comes by hearing. Think about that. You can hear something that has so much life, faith, joy, peace on it, but hear it through a filter of death. Now, it may be that. It may not be. And it says that when the presence of God came into the garden, they're hiding. We sing. We want more of your presence. We sing we want more of you. Well, when God calls that, do we really? Think about it. When his presence comes through someone else, directly from himself, and he wants to call certain things out or certain things into being or wants to lead you from somewhere into a new reality and you know there's going to be cost, You know there's going to be change. But you can hang on to the fact that the Father will never ever put you in a situation that He will not lead you out of. He will never, ever, ever leave you hanging dry. He will never leave you abandoned. He gives you the promise, I will always be with you to the end of the age, which is the end of the age, which is not your life here on earth. There is no condemnation. You know, we think, oh, what if He invites me to go to Africa with Him? He won't. He won't. If he sees your heart, meaning he knows that's too much for you, he won't. He will call you to what he's called you to do. So you know if he calls you, you are more than capable in him to go. It will be a stretch. You won't have it all down. I have no clue what I'm doing here. I do and I don't. But when he called me here, I'm like, 
you never, ever, ever will get it all laid out because it requires no what? Faith. But what happens is, once again, is if your thinking's not right, your hearing's not right, fear is right here waiting to speak to you. And the Father says, I will never leave you. There's nothing I won't call you to that I won't empower you to do. I would be with you. And the fact, none of us chose him. He chose us. See, he doesn't leave anything, nothing at all does he leave to chance. See, if you think you chose him, you didn't. He put himself in you that you would respond to something because in your state, you wouldn't choose him. There's nothing in you and me in our old nature that wants God. In fact, we hate him. There's evil. The Bible says in Genesis, we have evil in our heart towards him. He has done it all. Before the foundation of the world, he chose you. He draws you. If we can really get this, you go, wow. Wow. So you're never going to leave me. The same God that speaks it out into being. The same God goes, and there is life. The same God that just raises one, someone from the dead. The same God that spoke and boom, it all happened. That God calls me and has drawn me and has chosen me before the foundations of the world. And that God wants me to do A, B, C. Sure, where do you sign up? Because I know that he has the very best for me. So don't be Adam, who's running in the opposite direction when God comes knocking and comes calling and wants more from you. Because your life will come alive. Amen? Just have the band back. That'll be awesome, guys. And... um. I want us to just sing the song Relent because the words of the song, once again, if you really, really mean it, are so powerful. You, God, won't relent until you have it all. My heart is yours. In fact, if you don't mean that, I would probably say don't sing it. So that's... God, you know, there's no, oh, gee, that's bad, I'm not singing. If you don't mean this, don't sing it. That's fine. That's absolutely 100% fine. God wants reality. He wants authenticity. He wants real. Because he knows anyway. You can't fool him. The Bible calls it lip service. He's not interested in lip service. I don't care if you give me your music. I don't care if you give me your praise. If it's not meant and I know your heart, then don't do it. I'd rather you didn't sing and you said, Father, help me with my unbelief. Help me with where I'm at. Help me with my apathy. I want to want to want to you, but I don't today. I love that, eh? Sam Reese Thomas. I want to want to want to. They're a cool prayer. And God will take you at your want to want to want to. Or if you are in that place, sing your heart out. Authenticity, authenticity, Christianity. I won't relent till you have it all. My heart is yours. Come be the fire inside of me. Baptize me in love today. Baptize me in you because you are love. Come in and have all of me. I give it all away. Absolute surrender is the key to blessed life. You want a blessed life? Absolutely surrender is the doorway. 
Oh 